0: Welcome back to Indestructible Wealth, and I think you're going to like this. You don't have to be a genius to make a fortune. I think that's pretty uh, freeing, right, for a lot of us. I know I'm definitely no genius. I uh, definitely want to make a fortune, though, right? So I want to make sure you guys are clear on my platform and kind of my position on who I bring on this show and kind of what topics that I cover. I'm never going to bring anybody on my show that I would not personally invest or put my own money with them, or that I don't wholeheartedly believe in like what they're representing, what their philosophy is. I've had people approach me to get on my show, and I just said, look, I don't know that I would invest in what you're doing. One person just asked me to get on there in multifamily uh, real estate. I've never heard of them and I'm sure they're probably great, but I said, look, send me all your resources. I'll review them. And if I feel strongly that I would put my own money into this or will put my own money into this at some point, then I'll bring you on my show. So anytime that I recommend anything, if I talk about a specific, uh, like a tactic, like a specific investment, Or uh, if I bring somebody on the show that's talking about an investment opportunity, then I have either already put my own money into that, or as soon as more cash flow kind of replenishes, then I will absolutely be investing into it. So you can rest assured that I put my money where my mouth is. Okay. And pretty much everything. Then I'm going to talk about maybe there's a couple opportunities where I will be able to monetize and make a profit off of recommending it to you. Nothing of that has happened yet, but uh, I'd certainly plan on doing that in order to help sustain this platform, this podcast. I'm definitely, definitely uh, very serious about that. So I want you guys to feel confident in knowing that anything that's said on this podcast is definitely going to be something that I would stand behind and I think it's going to be a great bet. However, very important is that I'm not providing any you know, specific uh, financial advice for you. This is merely financial education. And I am not a licensed financial advisor, so I cannot sell securities. And those are things that are licensed products, like stocks and bonds and whatnot. Anyways, a little uh, just clarity and disclaimer for you guys, so you understand where I'm coming from when I recommend cryptocurrency or I recommend a stock. I-, I can't, you know, I'm not selling those to you. I can't make any money from those, so just wanted to uh, to get clear. So let's dive into the subject because. I think that this is going to be pretty enlightening for you guys. You don't have to be an expert on the technology of cryptocurrency behind it to make a fortune. Okay. So here are the questions that you need to focus on. Is adoption increasing or decreasing? Adoption is the number of new users. Number two, what happens when the asset drops? And question three, do you have the mental fortitude To hang in there. If we look at on any given day, you can wake up, fire up your computer and your positions could be down 50%. And that has happened to me. Okay. And the flip side of that is also true. You could log into your account on any given day, see everything up 50% from its lows. I don't recommend looking at it very often. I think crypto is a better asset to just you know put your money in, don't log in and look at the prices. I know it's very difficult because it's so it is very addicting to want to watch it, but is much much uh, better for your overall psyche if you just look at the longer term trends. You're going to see a lot of fluctuations in the. The key is you know do you have the internal fortitude to be able to withstand the volatility? As I've said before, volatility is the price that you pay for outsized gains. To make sure that you don't make bad decisions when your thinking is at its most impaired is because when you're down 50 to 60%, believe me, your thinking is absolutely impaired. You're not thinking with your most rational, correct mind. So what we need to look at is what are the longer-term trends showing us, and that means adoption. Okay, we don't really need to know anything more about crypto than that. You don't even know what a blockchain is. You don't even know how a consensus mechanism works. I don't even know what the fuck that means. What I just said, none of that is necessary. Of course, it's really good to know. So, you have a deeper understanding of what you're buying. I think it's important. So, you're not a a speculator or even a gambler to just buying something because somebody else talks about it or says that they made money with it. That's called FOMO, fear of missing out. And that's really never a good thing. But, in terms of what you need to know in order to make a fortune from these assets, you know, all of that knowledge and in depth technical understanding is completely unnecessary. Are companies pulling back from adopting the asset or moving forward to adopting the asset? Are there more users signing up and buying cryptocurrency and setting up new accounts like on Coinbase or Celsius or um, any of the decentralized exchanges like Uniswap, MyEtherWallet, those sort of things? Like, What does that look like? Right now, even though Bitcoin just cer- certainly saw a pretty big pullback from its high of sixty four thousand, you know, down to as low as twenty nine thousand. While that was happening, adoption was increasing. So that's why anybody who asked me, I was saying, buy the dip, keep buying. You got a discount. You got a great opportunity here. And we had a slew of an- announcements that came out during that time, like J P Morgan saying. We're now opening up Bitcoin to all of our customers, not just the wealthy ones. We saw an announcement, PNC Bank, that's the fifth largest bank in America, incredibly conservative bank out of Pennsylvania. They used to kick people off their platform out of their banking if they did crypto. So now they're offering crypto to clients in partnership with Coinbase. You know, And it's, it's crazy because... PNC Bank is the, it's a real, you know, vanilla type of bank that's never really shifted out of its lane. So the fact that we've got to this point where they're offering crypto is incredible. And then the new Neuberger Berman, the four, it's a $400 billion fund, has now said it's going to be getting involved with Bitcoin too. So what's happening? Why is this adoption happening from these real big players? Everything always comes down to what? Follow the money trail. Show me the money, as you know, on Jerry Maguire, that awesome movie. The economic incentives are driving the adoption of Bitcoin by the big global shepherds of investor capital. Because why? Fees, greed, they can monetize it. And these companies are not, they're not making as much money as they used to in other asset classes with their fees so now they're looking at something where they can charge exorbitant fees on and increase their bottom line they don't care about their clients guys they care about fees okay you're never going wrong betting on wall street greed right so we got to look at that we got to look at those types of things the other thing you need to be aware of is the way bitcoin is designed It has this incredible structure of self-reinforcing economic incentives. Think about it this way. Once you're in the Bitcoin network like these big players are, you're incentivized to defend the network. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Citigroup, PNC, Morgan Stanley, these companies have their reputations to uphold. They cannot and will not put their reputation at risk for any asset class. So that means every lawyer and lobbyist, they, they have now works in service to defend the Bitcoin network. Once they join it, whether they realized it or not, they became a defender of the Bitcoin network. There's all this you know, stuff going around in the media about the legislation, proposed regulations that are coming down the pipe. And could, that, could there be some additional regulation that comes on cryptocurrency? Yes, of course. I think that's probably inevitable, but it doesn't really matter because... They cannot corrupt this asset. It is absolutely incorruptible. And that's never existed before. Any publicly or privately traded company, any other traditional type of assets, they could all be manipulated in some way, shape, or form. Okay. But as Bitcoin gets bigger and bigger, it gets so much harder to manipulate the actual price. And the asset cannot, the way that, that the code is written into Bitcoin that it cannot be corrupted. Now, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. Four or five million have been lost forever. So the actual amount of Bitcoin that's out there, it's pretty tiny. Okay? So there's only about 18 million Bitcoin have been mined. So four or five million have been lost. So maybe there's 13 million out there. That's a very finite asset. And I believe that it's still very cheap relative to where it's going. I think at some point in my lifetime, so I'm 43, I expect to live with my current lifestyle. You know, I'm going to make at least 90, I believe. So, you know, I got another 50 years. I do think side tangent that with the uh, advances in biotechnology and precision medicine and gene editing therapy that i've been reading about i do believe that we could see lifetimes extended to you know average over 100 maybe even 120 maybe even more than that i don't know i mean it's crazy what what's happening in medicine and the advances that are extending human life so let's just say on the low end 50 years i believe we're going to see a minimum of 1 million Price per Bitcoin in my lifetime, I believe that's very realistic. I think that could actually happen sometime within the next two decades. And why? I mean, I've talked about this before, and so just see if you if you really want to get the low on Bitcoin, I did a, a kind of like a overview on Bitcoin and and why I believe it's such a strong financial asset. It's uh, did you miss out on Bitcoin? That was a previous podcast that I did. So take a look at that one. What happens though as people come into the Bitcoin network? That's really good for the entire crypto ecosystem. That's good. What's good for Bitcoin is good for everything. Because what happens is people start looking at Bitcoin and they're like, oh, well, that's super expensive per coin. So that starts spilling over as they invest into Bitcoin. Then they start looking at Ethereum and then they start looking at the other altcoins. That's what happened to me. I did the exact same thing. I started getting interested in looking into Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then I saw those two and I was interested in those, started learning more about those. And then I started investing into crypto other cryptocurrencies and what we call the all coins are alternative coins, everything, but Bitcoin. And I started investing. Now I have like 41 in my portfolio of the different cryptos, all because I started getting interested in investing into the one. So it's kind of a, creates a spillover effect. So what happens for Bitcoin, what's good for Bitcoin is good for all of the other all coins. And that's why I believe that, um, you know, we just need to keep focusing on adoption. That's all you need to do. And adoption is going to radically take off in the next several months. I don't think we've seen anything yet. If you look at the trends of adoption, it's crazy how much it's grown just in the past 12 months, even in just the past three months, we're definitely going to go to new highs. And we're, we're, we're definitely going considerably higher from here. And trust me when I say it is going to be a volatile road. When you buy it, and you could buy it today, Ethereum, as of like I'm recording right now, I think it hit 3,200. You could buy it right now at 3,200. I think it's a great price, anything below 5,000. And it could drop down to 1,700 by next week. That's very, very possible. Don't sweat it. You didn't make a mistake. You're, it's impossible to time the asset. You cannot time it. We do not know what's going to happen in the short run. Nobody knows. Okay. What we do know is if we buy it and hold it for the next five years, I'm on a 10-year plan on anything that I do. Businesses I start, investments that I make, I'm on a 10-year plan. I'm going to buy something and hold it for at least 10 years. That's always my thinking unless something changes drastically to the underlying thesis of the investment i am not i'm not going to buy stuff and just sell in the short term look at long term adoption go study it yourself if you're not fully convinced that crypto is a great place to put some money don't put all your money into crypto either be smart about it position size your bets put your money to where the amount that you're able to lose and it's like a trip to Vegas. You guys know when you go to Vegas, in all likelihood, whatever you take is probably not coming back, right? So whatever you would do, if you took a trip to Vegas and you're okay with losing it, then that's probably the amount that you should invest into crypto. If it's something that's you're going to lose sleep over, if it's going to affect your current lifestyle, then that's too much. Don't do it. You don't ever risk your current lifestyle for a better one. That's it for me today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great day, you guys. That's a wrap for this episode on the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and yes, even TikTok. Send me your questions and your financial challenges and I promise I'll respond. Also, I'll think you're really awesome if you'll share and leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, Remember, our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come.